Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is episode 13. A recap will be given by David Cassaway as his character, Bernard Knowles. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you, Tom. Despite the nightmare that we witnessed that ended the life of young Matthew Pook, I began to believe that we had a small handle on the matter of the blood-red fez. I was, as so often, mistaken. Yes, we had dealt rather deftly with Lauti's hired man. We had found his dossier on us in his rooms, confronted, even bullied him on the ferry to Calais. I'm quite sure he will retain a terror of large Russian men. But once on the Orient Express, the horror began. Lauti was there, and he was wearing one of the damned things, despite our fez being secured in a fortified hatbox. He was unctuously trying to soothe a young woman in evident distress. The little eavesdropping taught us that she was a newlywed whose groom would not or could not remove a particular hat. When Lauti stepped away, we approached the young woman, one Ellie Myers. The newlyweds, as it happened she was, had met Lottie in Paris, and Scott Myers accepted a fez from him. After only a day, the fellow was quite unwell, and we went to the Myers cabin with chef de train Henri Peters. There we found the stolen book, the whispering fez under his pillow, but it was of little help as none of us speak Persian. Henri provided a sharp knife and God save me. I tried to cut the evil thing from the poor boy's head. It was knitted into his flesh and continued to reattach itself with devilish efficacy. The lad was suffering terribly. And suddenly, the lights flickered out and something emerged from the blood red fez, something like a tangible shadow. It surged about the cab cabin, attacking us, though it shied away from light and ultimately fled out of the cabin and into the nighted corridor. Where it will go from there, we can only imagine and fear. So you're all standing there dumbfounded by what just happened. Um, Dimitri is laying on top of Scott Myers, um, who uh, is shaking a little bit as he's lying there. Um, but the lights come back up in the room and um, uh, the chef de Henry Peters, uh, Oddly enough, though he looks quite distressed that any that this is going and quite confused, he doesn't seem to be terribly phased. You know, he's not running for his life or or anything like that. He's he's uh, my friends. What what was this? What do we do? My God, did you all see that? That's but that it's out in the hall now. Yes, but. I don't know how the hell we're going to catch that devil, but uh, we still have 
This poor chap. Quickly, let's uh, put him back upon the bed. Sokolov, is the fez uh, removable now? I, I peer at it since I'm so close. It seems the speech is still, you know, fused to his head. Damn it. I would think that with the demon out, it would somehow be diminished. Well, have we, have we tried going at this in a different way? Have we tried just simply inserting the knife into the fez proper? Not trying to yeah, get under it, but fez. just... Well, remember, we don't really want to touch it at all. So perhaps with surgical gloves or heavy mittens, we could attempt something. But it might cause the young fellow convulsions again. Well, I mean, but is that worse than where he's at now? Certainly he is doomed if we don't find some way. Uh, Chef Peters, there's one fellow on the train that we think has the answer to this question, and that's the blighter Lauti. Monsieur Lauti is in, uh, I know which cabin he is in. He is the one who put this hat onto this young man's head. And he might be able to read this Persian book, which is titled, we understand, The Whispering Fez. Uh, shall we go fetch him? Well, what, why, why, would he, why would he remove it if you put it there? Uh, I think he's going to help us. I think he would be put off the train at an unfortunate place, perhaps, if he did not. Um, certainly there is some law on the train. And if uh, he provided this young man with this object that is causing him such injury, he's responsible. Exactly. Wouldn't he, just, wouldn't he, he simply is... feign ignorance on how to remove it? Well, we can encourage him to remove it. We know yeah. he can remove it, or we know he put it on there. So he must be able to remove it. As you said, we can encourage him. Yeah, we, we, can't, uh, we can't just have him shrug this off. Perhaps we should. Uh, perhaps we should get him. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mister and Henry uh, uh, turns and begins to walk down the corridor. I will follow Henry. Yes, gentlemen. I wonder, since uh, Lauti doesn't know all of our identities as of yet, thanks to the failure of uh, his lackey. Perhaps some of us want to remove ourselves from this situation so as to remain incognito. Thank you. Uh, How how far away from this uh, car was our cabins? Not far. Yeah, I think we're adjacent. I think it's one and two. Yeah, we're just one car adjacent, yeah. Or cabins, right? We're We're in this car, just a different cabin down, aren't we? Actually, oh, I, um, I, I think we're in an adjacent car. I mean, no, you are in, you're in one, two, and three, and Scott Myers is in six. Six. Okay. Oh, yes. So we're in this is car, in seven. Yeah. Loudy is actually right next door in seven. <laughs> Short walk then for the shift to drain. And Loudy he didn't uh, come out when he heard all of the chaos next door. Mm-hmm. So you can hear Henry, uh, Monsieur Loudy. Please come out. There's uh, there's no response at first, and then you hear a man inside saying, uh, "No, go away." Mister Lauti, please come out. We need to speak with you. No, please go. No, I, I'm, I'm. No, go away. 
Perhaps and tell him there's a dangerous creature on the train, which is essentially true. Does if this cabin share a restroom with that cabin? No. Monsieur Lauti, it is important that you come out. There has been an incident, and we believe you are involved. I'm not coming out. Uh, Henri, can you just open his door? You have keys. Uh, well, there's it's not that kind of a lock. Oh, it's uh, more of a latch. Um, yeah. it, he says, uh, he says, Monsieur Lotti, uh, he turns to you and he says, but he, he himself can't get out. If we, when we get to the next stop, we can have the police come in. Yeah. Is, is, um, there, an, uh, is there a constable on the train? No. Um, where is everybody standing? So we know I, Henry's in front of Lotti's door. I'm still standing. Oh. Oh. Sydney's I, I, next to him. I'm still standing by the uh, pinch light because I had turned it up and okay. a little nervous to leave it. <laughs> I'm sitting on the bed with uh, the patient, kind of holding him there. Okay. When I went, in the room. In the room. I'd have, have been in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, I stepped into the hallway, considering going back to our cabin, or and now kind of wrapped up in this conversation. Do a listen roll. Who? All of you. Who are, oh, all. all of you who are in the hallway. Okay. 99. Oh, no. That was like me last game. Yeah. I have gone deaf. Well, there's a nine, and then the tens just rolled off the table. Here we go. All right. Regular success for me. So, <laughs> 69. A failure, a, a failure, 82. Fail. So with Henry banging on the door and uh, yelling back and forth, and you guys are all, all busy, um, uh, some of you in the hallway don't quite notice this at first, but, um, uh, and, and uh, Montgomery, you're in the hallway also? Yes, I am. No, Montgomery, no yes. Yes, I am, I'm in the hallway. Okay. Um, Morgan, uh, Mor Montgomery doesn't see it, but the door at the end of the train opens up and a rather large fellow um, with a blood red fez uh, comes barging in and he gets a hold of Montgomery by the shoulders and shoves him out of the way. So shoves you up. And he's going to attack you. Um, oh. He looks, uh, the, those of you who heard, I mean, you could hear him coming when he opened the door. His eyes are rolled up into the back of his head. Mm. Okay. Jeez. So he's like this, but he's attacking. A hallway fight. Great here. Scott. Very tight fight here, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so Morgan, he doesn't really hurt you. I mean, he hurts you, but he doesn't do any physical damage. And he starts trying to push you all and get you away from the door. Um, so let's, let's say, let's say Sydney, you're right next to Henry. So you can go first. Right. Let's do, let's do, let's do dex roll. Sorry. Um, our dex, um, Ooh, order. That's a 23. That is a hard. Okay. Well, we'll do that oh, then. No, um, I, it, that's not a roll. It was just a number. Sorry. Uh, deck 70. 
Ditto. We got, so you both got 70. I'll say, so Sydney, you go first then. You're going to, what are you going to try to do? He's going to oh, try to grab you and fling you out of the way. If, if, he's, if he's going after Montgomery, no way. I think not. I'm going to uh, try to block and, and shove him to, uh, to not have a full force attack onto Montgomery. Okay. Go ahead and roll for brawl. All right. Uh, oh, darn. Right after the great roll of 23, now I roll 71. Now that's I got 72. <laughs> so... You're you're sort of struggling with him, and nothing's hmm. happening. Uh, Bernard, uh, well, the poor fellow is, you know, insensate under the control of the fez. Um, he probably is impervious to intimidation or, you know, uh, normal dissuasion. This, um, by the way, is the guy who was sort of watching over him as a guard for a. For Latin. Mm-hmm. Yes, from the from the lounge car earlier. Uh, well, while he's being tussled with, I'm going to tr- try to yank the fez from his head, which will probably not come off, but it will probably cause him a great deal of distress. Okay. So that's an unarmed that attack. Hands? Oh God, that! <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have just done so without thinking. Go ahead. Let's see how, how successful you are. Oh, well, I rolled a seven. Okay. So you try to <laughs> so slap really it off. off. You yeah. try to slap it off of his head. And uh, in this case, it actually comes off. It doesn't seem to be fused onto his skull. <sighs> um, but when your hand touches that, in that instant, you're kind of out of time for just a moment. And you're in a kind of glowing void. And there's something there in the mist, some gigantic tentacle thing uh, with flashes of planets and stars in your mind. Um, Do a con roll to see if you throw up as your hand comes across and knocks it off off of his head. Uh, uh, 85, that is not successful. So you become very ill. I mean, just in, in, in a wave of nausea over your head as you touch the thing. <coughs> That's the sound. Yes. You're, you're in the moments that you're sick and you're, you're recovering, the memory of what you saw kind of lingers for a moment. And you're, you're almost sure that whatever this thing was, the tentacles, that one of the tentacles was coming out of the ether and and touching the fez itself, as if the fez was an extension of it. Yeah. Well, if I when I am capable of focusing my eyes, I'm going to try to kick it down the hall. You successfully do that, and when you do, um, the man suddenly collapses to the floor, not unconscious, but um, uh, he's. Uh, stunned you know for a moment as he's there he was in that place for longer than i can imagine and he looks up at you and looks around and you hear loudy inside of his room uh say help me like this 
and he suddenly comes back up with his fist to punch whoever's nearest. Um, which I imagine is probably I was, was it I you, was, James? Well, I was about to go it because I would have I would have been next. I was about to go in and punch him if he had okay. got my cup. So well, he's he's still fighting, so he doesn't look controlled anymore. But then again, he might be part of this. So. He's swinging at you. What are you going to hit? Well, I kind of, if he swing, I was going to swing back, but I got a 76, which is a failure. Okay. So he comes up and punches you in the stomach mm. uh, as you go to hit and you fall back. Um, Henry is going to attempt to kick the man uh, since he's like on his knees. Um can't think of anything else to do. Uh, but he, he misses. So he's in the fray as well. Now, the rest of you are in the room. You can hear the fray going on. And mm-hmm. you're not exactly sure what, what's taking place. It happened so quickly. Right. And Dimitri, you're faster than me. Uh, yeah. So if it's the new round, uh, Dimitri would get up from the uh, cabin, you know, from the bed <clears throat> and pull the door open. And I assume doors open. Yeah. Doors open. I assume the fight is like right there in front. Right. Yeah, it's right there next. Right okay. There. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and haul off and and kick uh, the assailant. <sighs> Swing and a miss. Okay. It's uh, he also missed. So uh, it's just such close quarters. Um, you're trying also not to hit your friends. So yeah, uh, things are going kind of all over the place. Charles? Well, I've got a big rush and blocking the doorway, so I, I can't really stop. get to it. So I'm going to uh, – well, Scott's still laying on the still laying on the ground, correct? And so, I, and I, I think you've put it back on the bed. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, then I'm just going to try and uh, – I don't know. I guess I'll just uh, kind of just hearing uh, Bernard do this gave me the idea. So I'm going to try and just kind of use my foot to try and just like smash the fez, not not smash it down into Scott's head, but like your foot kind of across that way. Try to try to kick it off of his head. Yeah, or or yeah, like a like a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm that graceful, but <laughs> um, go ahead and and try. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I, I if that's a fighting brawl, no, I, I didn't. Well, and the result is it's it's fused to his head. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to come off. Um. All right, so um, the fellow on the ground, <laughs> uh, he starts yelling, you know, foul language, and uh, and. He's, he's gotten back up onto his hand. He's going to try and grab whoever's closest to the door and throw them out of the way. Uh, he's obviously trying to defend Loudy. Uh, but it's him now. It's not, he's not being controlled. Um, let's see. Well, let's just do, do our thing now. Sydney, you go first. Um, you so do I... Um... Since since he's a big guy and it's tight quarters, 
I'm not going to take up a lot of like, I'm not going to square off with him blocking the way I'm going to go to one side. And my whole focus is going to be to pin one arm down to just basically, let's say like take whatever arm I'm closest with and just kind of like grab it and try to pull it around his back. So the rest of everyone can get in other shots. I'm going to, that's my goal. And with an 87, that's a complete fail to, to try that. He's a big fella. Yeah. Um, Bernard? Montgomery, have you done anything? I have not done anything yet. All right, let Montgomery, Montgomery's standing there. Let Montgomery, sorry. He's recovered. Um, yeah, if, if while everybody's piling on this guy, I want to, like, if I can get past over to Lottie's door, I want to start kicking it in. Okay. Um, go ahead and do a strength roll. Oh, two. Wow. Okay. So you kick in Loudy's door, or it, you break it. Uh, oh, it's a sliding door, so you, you break it uh, off the hinges. And uh, you hear Loudy inside, no, no, leave me alone. He's, he's yelling. Um, uh, but you see him in there, and he's got the fez on his head, and he's he's got his hand like this, and he's he's like concentrating, trying to do something, I guess. Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna press the attack, <laughs> but I'm all right, kick the door in. So, <laughs> um, so Bernard, yes, uh, I'm. Uh... Uh, I, assu I assume that uh, when I kicked the fez, it went farther down the corridor where the big fellow came from and is behind him. Correct. All right. So I'm going to just try to bowl through him because I want to get a hold of that thing, not with my hands again, right. but I want to remove it from the hallway. And, uh, you know, so right. it's basically a, a brawl just to push him out of the way. Sure. I'm going to, you know, full shoulder. So. Uh, <laughs> 96. <laughs> I, I bounce off him like a child. Yeah, I it's, don't know. it's a ridiculous moment where everything is just sort of doing this in the hallway. Trains, um, yeah. And uh, James, you're next. Before James, though, um, by this point, other people on the train have been alerted. Uh, people have started sticking their heads out, uh, including the Russian folk. Um, and uh, you've noticed that some of the other stewards on the train uh, are running in this direction. So in a few moments, you'll have five more people that can help to subdue this jerk. Fair enough. Hmm. Well, um, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to try and punch him again. Okay. And, uh... Regular success, 32. Okay. You got an 87. So you connect with your fist right in his face. Um, All right. Damage. Just 1d3 in it. Okay. Yeah. So you hit him pretty good. Um, that allows you all to sort of get a bit of an advantage over him, especially Dimitri, who's, uh, who's got the, the weight and strength of probably bigger than him. Um, 
So I was uh, actually I was actually about to ask that because uh, I want to. Has he been pinned? Is that what just happened? Or was he just punched? He just got clocked in the face. Okay. Right. So I was looking up uh, fighting maneuvers <clears throat> and we're supposed to compare builds. So I have a build of plus one. Oh, I have no idea. Probably he's got a build of plus one as well. Okay. So um, uh, then I'm going to do a fighting maneuver with the uh, goal being I want to try and uh, uh uh, grab his arms and I want to, you know, get behind him and hold his arms so that I can, I can uh, restrain him. So that's the, that's like, the a goal. Nelson, like a Nelson. A full Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but not up. I'm going to be kind of, you know, snaking around behind. Okay. And so, you know, kind of, he's going to have his arms pulled back like this. So he's got T-Rex arms. Right. All right. Um, so I'm going to try and do that as a fighting maneuver. Uh, and then I don't, you know, not that I'm trying to, min max or anything but i don't know if we want to apply um outnumbered because he's clearly outnumbered so he would be having disadvantage you know penalty dice all right i'm gonna go for a fighting attack of being my maneuver okay uh okay i am going to spend the 20 luck in order to make that successful okay Oops. um so uh, you come around behind him and you've got him, you've got his arms back and he's pinned, which allows whoever to punch him a couple of times to, to subdue him. Uh, the other stewards arrive. The other Russian bodyguard arrives. Um, and together you guys pin this guy to the ground. Meanwhile, Laudy is attempting. He attempts two things. First, he attempts to, push his way past you and get out of the room, which is impossible. And then he runs over and tries to open up the window to climb out, which I think Montgomery just grabs him and yanks him back. Um, he's struggling and fighting. Uh, Montgomery, what do you want to do anything in particular to him? As you're fighting with him. Let me go. Let me go. Um, I'm just. Oh, uh, can I knock his fez off his head? Can try. Sure. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> A ninety-nine. Wow. Probably trying to turn it like this. You're licking he's very, it. He's very. He's uh, very. He's very uh, maneuverable to 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 get away from you, but he's. He's pretty much thrown onto the floor um, and everything calms down very quickly as uh, um, uh, Henry says, we are going to have these two men arrested and, uh, and thrown in jail. Um, we need to, uh, he's got a place, doesn't really have a place on board where they can uh, sequester him. Uh, other than the room itself. Uh, and the room itself has a busted latch. Right. And, uh, and, and the windows are technically big enough that you could climb out of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> it has an escape window. Isn't uh, there, there's, there's some uh, uh, closets uh, forward, uh, forward in the train that have uh, 
their storage closets. Maybe. Yeah, they're, they, it says actually right on the map that they're not big enough to actually fit yeah. inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perhaps they uh, can be bound in the baggage car. Yeah, that's actually no windows. a good idea. Yeah. No windows. Now, um, uh, but I want, uh, Enrique, yeah. this man, he has the ability to release uh, Mr. Myers, I believe, from the thing that you saw in there. Perhaps if he wishes to uh, escape further punishment. There's, there's no way to release him. What are you talking about? Well, have you not read the book that you murdered for? The Whispering Fez Man. You Do I look like I know Persian? No, you look like a cheap gutter snipe who's vicious and low. But how you know something you. about how these work. He, he, or is that he, eating your soul as well? He, he tries to sort of swing at you, but he's, he's restrained. Um, everybody do spot hiddens because you're all there. Oh, I got an O2 now. 88. Uh, <laughs> we, we faded off. He's I wearing a fairly... He's wearing a fairly expensive suit, which is now being rumpled by you know, every, all the things that are going on. But uh, Sydney and James both, you notice that he's got a number of documents in his inner pocket on his jacket that are rustling around as he's struggling. I'll uh, hold them back while you grab them, James, or... Yeah. I'll go and grab my pocket. There's there's two sheets of paper. One of them is big. One of them looks like a letter. It's on like light green stationery. Um, get ready to read. And it's written in Persian, but he has uh, it's written also in English at the bottom. Uh, yes, underneath the ocean's veil, a mystery lies within. Beyond Orion's belt, I shift my mind to the soil. Within every constellation, I hide secrets of sin. I tie eternity into loopholes with no ending. Singing a song that looks to st strength to be strong, trying hard to swallow words that have no ending. Babbling at my tongue when one's heart is wrong. Come back to me swiftly, my love. Bring what we need to take control. All of the pleasures of all of. The harems of all of the worlds shall be yours once our task is complete. Uh, Neri if not Almasir, the daughter of fate. Give that back, he yells. No. <laughs> I fold it and put it in my pocket. <laughs> the second thing that you find I is another piece of paper uh, with this written on it. I wonder what this one says. <laughs> It is a spell. That will delay Fez's degeneration. Uh, the blood-red Fez saps the life force from the victim. It causes them to degenerate over the course of three days, finally transform transforming them monster. The spell consists of a short mantra which arrests the degeneration caused by the Fez for 24 hours by sacrificing a small amount of life force directly to the hungry Fez. 
five points of power upon the two lost. The spell is cast by reciting the mantra and touching the fez. It can also be cast by the wearer himself if he has not degenerated too far. The wearer suffers no further ill effects from the fez that day, but remains at the same stage of degeneration. Power loss is manifested as mental fatigue. Person reduced to zero becomes zombie-like. Ah, so if we can get if we can get young Mister Scott to recite this poem you found, then it will have the effect of draining the energy from Mister Loudy. Is that how you understand this? No, I thought it was uh, if Mister Meyer would recite recite that mantra that it would just delay his degeneration one day. Yes, it will slowly kill him, but in a, in a different manner, uh, prolonging his life, hopefully allowing us enough time to find a way to remove the damn thing. But it also allows one of you to sacrifice five power points to save him for another day. Oh, I don't know him that well. <laughs> hey, where's his, where's his wine? <laughs> Lawrence. <laughs> James Ludlow is a man of honor. <laughs> I may sacrifice my PowerPoint. <laughs> James, what are you thinking of getting involved with this this dark, horrible magic? Yes, I mean, but it is a duty this man is in distress. Surely, if there's a way that we can help him, we have to take it. I can surely spare a little bit of my mental capacity. How do you know you can trust what's written here? This is this is foul magic here. If if this is trying to, this could end badly, James. This could end badly. But it's a shot at keeping someone alive for long. Loudy and his bodyguard are completely uncooperative and continuing to struggle. They're manhandled. Finally, back to. the uh, foregone, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Both their hats been removed. I mean, one yes. hat hats. Both of their hats have been. I, actually, uh, so, somebody managed to get Lavi's hat off as well. So technically, you now have three hats. Oh. And St- uh, stack the bastard things in the box. The good thing yeah. is they nest nicely. We can soon start our own hat shop. You have today is Thursday. Today is early in the morning, Thursday. Um. You arrive in Constantinople on Saturday. Okay. Uh, plus, uh, sometime today you are uh, you are arriving in Vienna, where you're going to be picking up Baron von Hofler, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be some sort of an occult expert, mm. um, who might know Persian or someone who does. Yes. Uh, Mr. Mr. Myers is too delirious to actually be given instructions on how to recite something. But again, what, what about his wife? <laughs> oh, it's fine. James, you do it today and I'll do it tomorrow if we have a yes. kind of cure. There we go, Bernard. At least you see some sense in this. I mean, the damn thing could have killed us in his cabin and we weren't afraid to suffer that. We're on a yes, mission after all. We have, I feel we, we have to help people when we can. You never know. It could help us in the future. It might, uh, reciting that 
might help to subdue the shadow creature as well. Exactly. So yeah, I'm part with five power, I guess. Okay. So you're going to try it. Yeah, I will try it. So on the paper, you see the words that you're supposed to say. You recite them, and then you have to touch the fez. And in that moment when you touch the fez, you can feel a, when you get these flashes in your mind uh, of this enormous thing. Um, it's, it's monstrous and, and mind-numbingly insane looking. Um, it seems to, for just a moment, to touch your mind. And you can feel the energy sort of flow out of you as you do it. Um, and in that same moment, the connection to Scott seems to diminish. And, um, and then this wave of exhaustion sort of falls over you. And it's, it's as if you just climbed a mountain, uh, you just stumble towards the side. And, when Ludlow staggers, I'd like to take a swipe at the fez with perhaps the pillow on Scott's bed. Okay. Uh, see if it can be dislodged after it, being fed. It, 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 it can't, actually, but yeah. Um, mm -hmm. No, but at, you do notice that Myers gives a sigh. He's like... <sighs> yeah, a little color in his cheek, I think. He, uh, mm -hmm. he stops, stops struggling and fighting. He begins to fall uh, probably into a safer sleep than he was in before. I need to sit mm. down. I take a seat. James, let me, uh, let me uh, help you. I think we should go to the lounge and have a stiff brandy. Did you yes. see something? Mm. Vodka. Uh, yes, I, 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 I think I saw something. This stuff of nightmares. Mm. Well, speaking of stuff of nightmares, I... I can't shake the feeling that those two are not going to be contained for long in that baggage car of theirs. That shadow thing is still about. I'd like to check up on them to make sure they are still contained. Oh, yes. Perhaps we even need to keep watch on them and a light nearby. Although mm. the thing was able to douse the light when it emerged. Yeah, but it did retreat when I was able to turn up the pinch light. And the sun will be coming up in a few hours. Yes, hmm. I'd like when the sun rises to flood the entire train with light somehow. Oh, unfortunately, baggage car has no windows. Indeed. That actually might be the worst place then to store them. Hmm. Probably I mean, what the only place, though. I, there is night staff on the train. Perhaps we can convince the chef de train that they need to be watched at all times. And then if the shadow thing tries to, uh, if it can untie knots, I don't imagine that it's intelligent, but I don't know what it is. But if they're under watch, then we don't have to, and I could use some sleep. Uh, let's see. We arrive in Stuttgart at... 6.41 a.m. So we will alert the authorities and have these men thrown in jail. So we only need to watch them until then. 
excellent. Hopefully you can charge do. the big one with a soul. Don't you think you can charge the ringmaster with? Oh, also a salt. He used this. Uh, he sewed this hat on to this poor mm. gentleman. Yeah. Malicious black magic. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Probably. Well, maybe not. I mean, Malicious haberdashery. I mean, the conspiracy to violence or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. there's conspiracy to violence. That's true. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had some documentation on him that was incriminating. He seems like quite a scoundrel. And he did fuse this hat. So if we just remove the word magic, he, he used some sort of chemical concoction to fuse it to the poor man's skull. There may be more contraband in his luggage. We should we should go through it just to be sure. Ah, I like All right. that. So, uh, yeah, uh, Henry authorizes that. You guys go through his stuff. Other than clothing and things like that, um, he doesn't really seem to have anything significant otherwise. Um, no magic tomes or anything like that. It's uh, the, the man, his, his actions and responses were kind of odd. He doesn't, you thought at first that he was the mastermind or the villain, but from the letter that that you got, he's talking about somebody, somebody else must be controlling or not, not necessarily controlling, but somebody was offering some harem. Uh, All the harems. Um, there must be in his documentation enough of his handwriting to know that the translation of the Persian is or is not his hand. Uh, it is. It is his hand. Hmm. So he's lying about being able to translate Persian or, you know, he did that at some earlier point where assisted, but since he is unwilling to, to tell us, there's nowhere to test Persian knowledge. So unless you have something specific you'd like to do, we can jump ahead to Stuttgart. And, A few hours uh, sleep would be welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the police come on, uh, the gendarmes, and they uh, they escort them struggling off the. Uh, they're going to be charged. They're definitely going to be held, um, probably for at least you know a few days. It's it's hard to tell exactly what they're going to do, but once they're off the train and out of your hair, then. Uh, you have the advantage of being well ahead. Mm -hmm. This will certainly beat them to Turkey under these circumstances. Okay. So the day goes on. Um, at 1021, you arrive in Munich. In tw at 12.46 p.m., you arrive in Salzburg. You've had a nice lunch. And at 5.50 in the afternoon... Uh, you are pulling into the station for uh, Vienna. Um, I imagine since you're expecting somebody, you guys have all, you're all kind of in a position where you can see out the windows and, and you're watching what's going on. So as you were standing there, 
or as you are sitting there looking out the window, and the train is coming to a rest, you see uh, a man. Uh, he looks elderly, possibly in his 70s. Uh, he's a little bit rotund. Uh, he's balding. He has a huge mustache. Um, reminds you a great deal of uh, Professor Smythe with his big mustache. Uh, he looks very dignified. He's in a suit. And he's standing there on the platform, apparently having some sort of argument with uh, a younger woman. Now, she looks like she's maybe in her 40s. Um, she's dressed in a, in a, a rather nice blue dress. Um, uh, she has a bag in her hand, which she's sort of clutching. And he, he seems to be arguing with her. Um, any of you roll down your window or you open it up and you're listening, um, you hear her say, um, Father, you're just not well. You, you, you need to be careful. These sort of adventures are beyond you at your age. And he, he just won't hear it. Uh, the, the, uh, evil is afoot and we need to... Uh, we need to thwart it. This is what I've been working for my whole life. And, and she's like, I don't like it. I don't think that you're very well. And he's like, nonsense, tubby cock. And uh, he uh, sort of snatches the, uh, the bag from her. And she says, please be careful. Don't, don't overstress yourself. He's like, go home. Uh, wait for me. I, I'll be back. You know, and uh, he gives her a kiss, or she gives him a kiss, and um, you see her turn and walk rather quickly down the down the thing as he stands there, and the train comes to a stop. Uh, he steps forward, greets uh, one of the stewards, and you can see that he's going to be coming on down just a little ways from where you are. So, what do you want to do? Go down we, to yeah. The, we go go and greet. Yeah, proper welcome. Morgan. So he yeah he he steps on board uh, and turns. He sees you. Uh, he doesn't know you, uh, but he walks towards you. Uh, did you good good Morgan him? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I speak German. This thirty one percent, so I can guten Morgan really well. He says, yeah. He says yeah. He says. Uh, uh, you are Professor Smythe's companions, friends. Yeah. We have oh, a great deal of work us, to do. Yeah. Yes, we have a great deal of work to do. Take me, show me the, the, the hat. Uh, I must see this fez. Uh, do you want to see the ones that we have captured or the one that's still consuming a young man? What, what do you mean? What, what is this? There's, there's one on. We are, there are four of them at this point. Quickly, we must go. We must see now. And he, yes. you, you, your impression of him is that he's no nonsense. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to chat. He doesn't want to be friends. He wants to get. And along you've been, with. you've been warned. He's a little hard to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a proper Van Helsing, I would say, uh, uh, Professor, let me take your bag to your car, and the others can. Uh, I think you should see the young man first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Urgent. <laughs> So 
We will bring a box of hats to to Professor in cabin with with the uh, ailing man. All books, all in one place. What you have books? What what is this? Yes, oh. we found a book. Uh, the Whispering Fez. Totally you have the book. We have. I thought it was lost to history. <laughs> it is glorious day. Come, we go. We show. Sprakenzi Persian? Um, not really a little. Why? It's in Persian? Yeah. And show it to me. And uh, mm-hmm. All right. So you show him Myers, and he's um, quite fascinated. Um, you see him go over to Myers, and he's looking at it, and he says, it's... Uh, have you tried to remove? Yeah. Yeah. A few ways. But it seems fused. Um, he holds out his hands near the fence and he closes his eyes. Oh, there is such evil here. We must, we must find a way to destroy these things. But first, we must study them. Well, uh, I can uh, uh, tell you, uh, James and I both have contacted them physically and had different visions, and we'll describe the entities and spaces that we saw, or I will at least. Yes. And then we have this text. Mr. Ludlow here uh, employed this ritual uh, to to fend off the the uh, desiccation of the young man for a day. Yeah, this is well, all we know. Well, it is imperative that uh, I get to work right away. Uh, so we actually have four feathers. We have uh, the three that you have on the one that's on the boy. Uh, bring the three feathers on the book to my cabin and I will get to work, see what I can find. Of course. Is you, you, and you probably tell them the whole thing about louding and everything else. Yeah. Says, oh, is, this, is it safe? Does he have any more agents working for him? Probably, but uh, we haven't seen any more on the, on the train. I suspect important. that if he had anyone available, they would have summoned them last night. He was quite desperate. Am, uh, he might have someone waiting for us in Istanbul. I'm a rather old man, and I am rather frail. My daughter worries a great deal about my health and welfare. Huh. I did not want to get in a scrap, so I would do as best I could. Uh, yeah. Anyways, he says, now let me let me look at this. Uh, oh. And let me. Yeah. Pardon me. Uh, um, I missed this, I think. What is his name again? Baron von Hoffman. Okay, thank you. Yeah. We haven't seen or something like that. I think I had a first name. Anyway, I don't know what it is at the moment. Um, 
So uh, he is going to sequester himself aboard uh, the train in his room. Uh, does anybody want to keep him guarded? Or I will. The the, uh, the authorities have taken the other two out yeah, already. They're uh, yeah, they're I, yeah. They're they're actually gone. They're okay. If they're long gone, then guard. I'll go and and be with uh, the Baron. Oh, yeah. And we could do it. We could do it in pairs. Yeah. It'll yeah. be fun. Sydney, what, how about you and I take the first shift? Certainly. That sounds like a great idea. It's like, uh, but but you must be quiet. Sit there. Don't oh. don't make any noise oh. while I'm talking. Um, and he sort of throws himself. He's got the whispering fez in front of him. He uh, throws himself into trying to figure out what it says. And he is quite horrified that the last half of the book is in some alien language, um, which he believes is Aklo, um, a secret hidden language um, used by mystics and witches and uh, very, very difficult to find any examples of it anywhere else in the world. Um, so he's both excited and he's also somewhat horrified and frustrated. So he begins to do that. Um, those of you who, who's, who's taking the first ship sitting in there with him? Sydney and I. Okay. So Sydney and you are sitting in there with him. Maybe you have a book to read or something because it's going to be a bit boring just sitting there. Pass notes um, back and forth. Pass notes back and forth. The rest of you, uh, it's uh, past noon. It's early afternoon. Uh, what are you going to do? After the train uh, has uh, moved again, I'm going to check in on the Myers boy. Uh, and perhaps James and I can consult uh, with uh, the Baron at his first break about when we should next attempt the chant that revives him. I don't want him to decline past the point of no return. Yes, I'll be with Bernard. But it says 24 hours, so it will have to be sometime before midnight since it mm. was after midnight that you did it. Uh, so it should be 24 hours from when James last chanted it, but, but to prevent it should be... Uh, the late evening before? Well, you know, it says 24 hours. Oh. But uh, we might not be up. Yeah, so before I sleep, at least, yes. But at the moment, it's the afternoon. So, um, what are the rest of you going to do? Are you going to go to the lounge? Are you going to. It was an exhausting evening. Uh, I think uh, I although sleep. you did sleep a little bit, probably. Yeah, I'm going to have some wine, I think. <laughs> I, I can't recall. Do these characters, other than the Whispering Fez, do these characters have other books or documents that can be read or, or reviewed? What do you mean? Are we traveling I, with any documents? Like I think we exist only within the document. Okay, so right. it's yeah. not the these characters don't have things that they're that they're bringing that they can read. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, then I will join. Uh, Dimitri joins Montgomery in the lounge for uh, vodka. Okay. 
Yes, I'm, of course, I'm going to provide some comfort to uh, Miss L.A., uh, Mrs. L.A. Myers. You know, we have the top man we can get involved now, and we're... She's you know. still distressed, but she's somewhat relieved. She was horrified by what happened last night, uh, but uh, she thinks that you guys are the champions that will hopefully save her husband from a fate worse than death. She has no idea. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, after I've been with Bernard and maybe also checked on Ellie, I, I'll sit alone unless Bernard joins me in the lounge and have have a whisk. Yeah, I haven't had a pipe for hours. So those of you who are sitting in the lounge, I would like you to do spot hiddens. Oh, I know six. Percy is a regular success. A regular. A 15. Is that a hard? It is a hard. Bernard, you've got an extreme. All right. So you're sitting there. And um, uh, every time, of course, you've gotten to a stop, people have gotten on, people have gotten, people have gotten off, people have gotten on. You subconsciously have been keeping track. I mean, whether you, you know, you recognize that woman, you recognize the Russians, they're still on board. Um, you recognize the, the ladies that you saw back in uh, Calais. Um, there seems to be uh, a new person who's gotten on board and you're sure it's a woman you think that she is in mourning because she's dressed in black and uh she has a you know a veil it's not really a thick veil it's like a fascinator uh, in front of her face and she's down at the other end of the lounge um sort of sitting quietly in the corner um you don't really make much of it but Bernard, you notice that every once in a while, she peeks at you guys. She's not being very good about, you know, stealthily looking at you. I mean, maybe it's just an accident, but after the third or fourth time, you're starting to think, she's actually watching us. Sokolov, have you um, have you noticed the uh, the grieving weeds over there? Duh. You can't see her face very well. Um, so it's difficult to tell her age. She came on, right. as far as we know, alone. Yeah. Uh, is uh, I mean, I guess it's the Orient Express, so she's dressed elegantly. Yeah, elegantly, but in black. So obviously she's in mourning. I don't imagine that Laudy has had the opportunity to contact anyone without, if he has other operatives like that uh, poor uh, in-over-his-head fellow that we met on the ferry. But um, we believe he does have accomplices. I wonder how we should... Uh, perhaps we can uh, have Henri 
pay us a visit and uh, inquire as to the lady, perhaps send her a card of condolence. She appears to be bereaved. Um, we will, we is here. What may I do for you, messieurs? My friends, what may I do for you? You just uh, barely whisper his name. He's at your elbow. <laughs> yeah, uh, your, uh, your skills as a host, Monsieur Henri, are most remarkable. Um, I don't wish to draw attention to it, but you, you know, there's this uh, the woman who uh, ordered, I believe, in Vienna, who appears to be in mourning. Would it be appropriate, do you know, to uh, send her a note of uh, in condolence of her bereavement? I don't know, Monsieur. Um, You're familiar she, with the lady in question, yes? I I can see her. Yes, I don't know who she is offhand, but I can find out from her. Uh, her registration, her ticket. Yes, I don't mean to be untoward. I she seems to have taken a notice of us, and we are not entirely certain that um, that uh, the. Um, Former passenger, Mr. Lauty, was there without other accomplices, you see. I see. You think she might be one of them, one of them. It is, it is conceivable, I'm afraid. A woman? It uh, is conceivable. It is possible. We would not normally be so uh, forward with uh, strangers, but situations being what they are, must be very cautious. I will make an inquiry, Monsieur. Well, that's grateful. Thank you. So he goes away to do that. Um, and at the same time, you notice once again that woman was observing you. See what you were doing. Um, and then she's now she's pretending once again to not pay any attention. She's looking out the window. What is... Uh... Oh, is she having a tea, a coffee? A... Looks like she might be having tea this time of the afternoon. Mm. I, uh, you know, if uh, we'll see what Henri comes up with, but you know, perhaps I'll uh, forward her a small carafe of tea uh, if we don't learn something. Maybe we should take a stroll. about the deck and see if she follows about the, you know, is there, not, there's not an observation area as such, is there? No, not That's really. Um, there is, I, I actually should have mentioned this way early on, but um, you're not allowed to smoke on board the train. Oh, yeah, it's gas they, and things. They do let you go to the last car. There's like a little platform right outside the back door at the the back end of the train where people go to smoke. Mm. So if you want to, that's about, it's kind of an observation. Of course, it's yes. chilly. It's, it's cold. Yeah. It's brisk. Put a, you know, put a wrap on and go and enjoy a pipe at the rear, see some countryside roll by. Care okay. to come to be drink? Mm. You smoke those, uh, those thick black cigarettes, yes? Yes, we they are flavored, well flavored cigarettes. You you would you would have one with me, yes. I'll try anything once. <laughs> Let us go. 
All right, so you walk back there. What are the other ones doing? I'm just alone at the near in the lounge drinking. That's what he'll be doing. Okay. For now, you've, anyway. um, you have also, I mean, you've noticed this woman there as well. Um, after they've left, after a few minutes, um, Henry comes back in the room and looks around and he sees you. And he says, your friends were inquiring about uh, the woman in mourning. Um, she's registered as Elizabeth Von Dornen. Elizabeth Von Dornen? Oh. Yes. Um, but I don't have any details. I don't know anything about her. Uh, do you know... Uh... Do you know what uh, cabin she's staying in? So we can discreet, discreetly send our condolences. She's in, uh, she's in the second car in uh, room five. Cabin oh, thank five. You. Thank you, Henri. Your superb service. I would say, uh, care to join me for a drink, but you are working. <laughs> Perhaps I do miss you. After all, we are all friends now. Exactly. We have shared... Shared the distressing moment together. We have indeed. I get, I don't know if you might not accept it, but I give him a little, a little tip. <laughs> oh, no, monsieur. No, no, monsieur. Not necessary. Um, Sydney and Charles, you are in the room with Von Hoffler. Um, he is red in the face, frustrated. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Since if only we could, if only we had some way to, you know, understand this. Uh, and he's not really talking to you. He's talking to himself. And he's quite frustrated and angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, he keeps attempting to make translations. Um, but the impression is Persian is probably really lousy. Right. And... Uh, he copies things from the back in the, the strange language, and he has no idea. He seems very frustrated. Um, pardon, pardon me, Baron. Might the next stop? What do you want? Might, might the next stop we have? There might be people that could translate this at the university there. This might help you advance where your current understanding lies. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have time for, for stopping anywhere. What, what are you talking about? So stop bothering me. You got in trouble. Go, go, go stand outside. I don't need two of you here watching me. Uh, everything I do, it starts going to drive me crazy. All right. Yeah, I'll get that. I don't know. I think this is a dangerous book, and it's not quite safe for you to just hang out by yourself. We will keep you. But just one of you, then. I don't need two of you. I'll go out in the hallway. I don't want to be yelled at by this guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Should have went to the lounge, had a drink. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so um, the evening comes, uh, dinner is served. Um, 
a woman in black, this uh, Elizabeth von Dornen, uh, she stays to herself. But you, you definitely notice that wherever you guys are or wherever you're walking about, she's somewhere in the background keeping an eye on. It's not hard to do on a train. There's not much place you can go. Um, Sydney. Um, who is going to replace Sydney for like dinner so he can come out and eat? We can sit in with him for a bit. All right. So this is actually before that happens. Uh, so Montgomery, you're going to go and replace him. Sydney, I would like you to do a oh. con roll oh. and a luck roll. Oh, everything's fine. Looking forward to dinner when I get my relief here. All right. Ooh, 33. And then a con roll? Sure. Or was that my con roll? Whatever. Okay. Well, 30, 33. And then, uh, so now for power. And, uh, oh, and then, oh, no, that's good. That's not 94. It's 49. So that's a success also. Okay. That was for con. Yeah. Okay. Oh, con. Okay. Con and luck. Oh, con and luck. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Both, both of them. Both are passed. Okay. Flying colors. Um, so in the time that you're sitting there, you're bored. Really completely bored. Yeah. Just um, doing over something to snide to say to the Baron, but I won't fighting. But, um, and you can tell, uh, you keep getting sort of half woken up by the Baron suddenly becoming quite furious. And um, if only I had my, my, my texts, uh, but I couldn't praise him with me because it's too much to carry, you know, and he's, it's like, I'm, I need, I need to know more. But about that time, Montgomery comes, uh, quietly knocks on the door and uh, replaces you so that you can come out. Oh, Montgomery, you, uh, you take his place sitting there. Um, how, was, you all, how was it, Sydney? <laughs> oh, well, I didn't get chewed out too much more. Yeah, I just stood there as... He's very frustrated that he wasn't able to bring more with him. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's making much progress. Yeah. Well, he's making more progress than we were. <laughs> I am starving. Yeah. Let's go get something. <laughs> yeah. So your next big stop is going to be Budapest, which is at 11 p.m. Uh... I would like Montgomery. I mean, you've, you've had dinner and all these sort of things. Uh, I'd like Montgomery now to do a con roll and a luck roll. A con was 03. And 25 is a pass on luck. Okay. Uh, and who is going to replace you? Originally, we had planned for pairs, and so I thought that, uh, yeah, I don't even know if we'd figure that out. We can discuss it at dinner. Um, I'd like, 
I, I just think that uh, James and I should be at the same place at midnight when we do the next recitation of the mantra. Uh, so whether that means it's appropriate for one of us to be on uh, baron duty. I can relieve uh, Montgomery. Okay. Very easy. So Montgomery is relieved. We'll say around, I don't know, seven o'clock. Uh, Montgomery, um, I understand that the professor is not getting very far and is frustrated. Is that your impression? Yeah. He is, uh, the last hour, it seems like he just sat there staring and uh, like he was trying very hard to come up with something, but suppose there's any likelihood that we could wire ahead to Budapest and order a book, uh, perhaps Persian to German dictionary, to be delivered to the station. I mean, Budapest was, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the Holy Roman Empire, it's been German as much as it's been anything else. If we could pay for such a thing. I suppose we can ask Henri about wiring ahead to a bookstore. They must be facilities. They get the newspapers and so on delivered. I'm not sure that they can wire ahead while you're on the train. And no. there are no stops between now and Budapest. But definitely... Let's, um, yes, let's put a note in with Henri at Budapest to uh, see if we can get a a, a Persian-German dictionary at the next stop. Might save the poor old man from having his brain fry. All right, so, Dimitri, once again, uh, constitution roll and luck. And with my rolling, I will fail both, I'm sure. Here comes Khan. And as successfully predicted, that was a fail. Here comes luck. Well, I'll be damned. I made my luck roll. Okay. Uh, and who is going to replace you? So we're doing roughly three or four hour shifts. Is that right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. So it'll be either me or James. Uh, and beforehand, I think it'll be my turn to... Uh, I think with the professor's permission, I'll, I'll do the mantra in front of him. It, it seems like it might be of interest. Right. So, Bernard, you're on your way, walking down the hallway uh, towards the professor, uh, towards uh, Baron von Hoffler's room. Dimitri, you're inside. Uh, you are a man who likes to talk. Um, uh, von Hoffler has shut you up pretty pretty early on. If you're going to be in that room, you need to be quiet. And he he's gotten frustrated, so you're very bored. And since you failed your carnival, you begin to sort of drift off to sleep, just in boredom. And um, you have an odd sort of dream. You dream that you are in a place of uh, it's foggy. It's foggy everywhere. Uh, you can't really see your feet. Um, you can't really tell if you're standing or floating. And that there's something sort of 
bright off in the distance, up in the, up in the sky, and it's getting brighter. And you can see it is this sort of glowing mass of tentacles, if you will. Uh, it's very faint in the, in the fog. But one of the tentacles is reaching in your direction, and it's, it's forming with its tentacle a kind of loop that it's getting very close to putting over the top of your head. And at that moment, uh, Bernard knocks on the door and you open up your eyes to find uh, Baron von Hoffler with the hat. He's, he's got his hands covered, but he's about to put it on your head. All right. Um, I'm going to just try and punch him right in the gut, knock the wind out of him. Okay. Go ahead and uh, do a brawl roll. An ought five is an extreme success. Okay. So you, you, you probably don't want to kill the man, but uh, you, <laughs> you, you hit him pretty hard. He got a 90. Uh, he flies back. The, the hat falls on the floor. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand. We must find out how it works. Uh, and uh, Bernard comes in the room. Dimitri is pissed at this point. It's like, no, we, we must, we don't have the resources. We must try it and see and see and see what it does so that I can use my psychic abilities to figure out what it's doing. And, and he's very upset and he's very angry. Uh, 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 excuse me, von Hoffler, um, if you want to study somebody who's got a fez on, we have... Oh, Scott Myers over there. The boy's already gone too far. I don't understand. And he grabs the book and slams it shut uh, and makes a break for it. Great, Scott. (laughs) He's a little rotund old man, and I've just come in. So he's going to have to do a pretty good job getting past me. He's, he's, He's trying to get past you. He's swinging like an old man. He probably can't hurt you. I, I would like to try and do a fighting maneuver to put his head into an into an arm lock. Okay. Get my arm around his throat. All right. So go ahead. Go ahead and roll. Oh, stop. Uh, no, but I'm wrestling with him. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you don't understand the importance of all of this. All right. Once again, you're making noise. The others, you can hear it. Um, but I want because you guys are kind of in the lounge still. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to do spot hidden rolls. Uh, you don't need a spot hidden roll. I take it back. Um, lady in black? Yeah. When all this noise starts going, the lady in black rises quickly and she starts heading towards the noise. Yeah. I, I purposely uh, get up to head toward the noise, but I kind of walk a little bit slower, just trying to almost block her. And she says, friends, says, oh, friends get, come quickly. Get out of my way. Oh, we're, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going headed this way also. Get out of my way. And she tries to push you out of the way. Uh, and she says, I'm uh, over the face. He's, she says, she says, 
I'm Elizabeth von Hoffler. I'm I'm the the Baron's daughter. Uh, she tries to push past you. Oh well, with the, when she says that, go well then. Then let's let's go. And uh, does she look like the lady that was on the? Yeah, she's just changed yeah. her, her clothes. All right, yeah. As soon as I kind of she says that, I recognize it, and so then I'm oh okay, and then pick up the base. My my uncle is very very ill, and uh, he's an asshole. <laughs> she uh, she rushes forward. There's now a cluster of you there, and all this is going on. And um, as she gets there, you see her reach into her somewhere into her dress, and she pulls out uh, a hypodermic. Mm. She says, it's a tranquilizer. I've made contingencies for this. And uh, you see Hoffler look up into her face as she appears, and he has the look of betrayal, like you've betrayed me, my own daughter, and she sticks him with uh, a hypo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he calms down for a moment and then becomes a little bit more limp and uh, starts to fall asleep. She says, I've already made, made arrangements for us when we get to uh, when we get to Budapest. Uh, we, uh, I'm going to take him. You know, he's very ill. He's become completely obsessed with the occult over the last couple of years. And uh, now he is having some sort of breakdown. Yes, Miss, we, we do, however, need your father's expertise. Do you have any idea what the situation is that has brought him here? Or what uh, Professor Smythe and he have discussed? He was, he was uh, conscripted by Smythe. Uh, uh, of course, my father immediately jumped on board. He wanted immediately to see what mm. this thing was. Uh, but in the past, he has been very, very anti-magic, if you will. And yes. now he has become slowly over the course of a few years, very obsessed with it. No, uh, this is the transition that many of us go through. Uh, miss, it, it is Miss von Hoffler? No, I, I was married, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Passed away. The widow's weeds are genuine. Um, Not really, no. It was years ago. Uh, the, uh, well, presumably they're yours. Um, if you'll just gently touch that hat in that case there, uh, you might understand the smallest part of how serious the situation is. Well, I, I think I understand some of it. He discussed it with me. He didn't know what you had, but he wanted to see an artifact of some sort of strange fez, he said. Uh, yes, yes. He didn't want to have anything to do with it, but... Well, it's not just a, a fez. I mean, the fez will... I think you'd understand why he's obsessed with it. That... Look, I, I, don't, I don't care about any of that. I care about my father. He's very ill. He's not a healthy man. The time for him to ramp about the country Saving people is is past. He's uh, you know eighty years old. Uh, madam, I, I've already I've already arranged to have him taken in uh, in Budapest. We are going to go to uh, Doctor Sigmund Freud. You've heard of him? I thought he was in Vienna. 
Yeah, if you're going to go back. Oh, I see. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Well, yes. Uh, just uh, humor me as uh, a, a fellow who's an associate of your father's friend. Just, just, just touch this hat in the case. All right. So she touches it and becomes, she stumbles back. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry to put you through that. I was very shocked myself. Did you see a terrifying vision? Something, something in my mind. It's, yes. But it doesn't matter. He's not well enough. I don't know that he can help you anyway. Well, he doesn't do you know not have any respect for your father's own intentions, his own will? Believe is he not self-determining? Believe me, man, has he not earned your respect enough to discern for himself whatever he wishes? He has. Of course, he has. But he's in that time of his life, and his mind is not altogether there anymore. It's mm. my responsibility to take care of him. Uh, would you allow me to show you one more thing before we arrive in Budapest? Show me. So I'll take her down to Scott Myers' cabin. Mm. She she becomes very very. Um, I mean, she's quiet to explain it all to her, and she says, "I understand your need, but I don't think there's anything my father can do for you." not without becoming completely overcome by this thing. He, 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 he's dangerously obsessed. I used to think he was a champion for good. I think he was for many years, but he is becoming very twisted by this study of his less human, uh, I don't guess it right. Uh, with, she's been, uh, she, she was alerted a little while ago and has come with others. Has word gotten around from Dimitri about the professor's eccentricity? What, what do you mean? Oh, um, no, I mean, you guys are discreet. I make oh, sure. Oh, I mean, between the, in the group. Oh, your group? That, yeah, you all, you're yeah. all there. And I make sure that we, uh, get the Whispering Fez book back. I don't want it to accidentally show up in his luggage. You've got yeah, the books. Yeah. You've got, you've got and the books, books and the hats and everything. His, his well, incredible I, willingness to turn one of us into an unwilling, unwitting test subject. Um, I'm not inclined I'm to value his company. <laughs> he's not, he's so. not valuing me longer. Sydney, uh, when uh, trying to make the spot hiddens to see what was going on, rolled a 94. So I might still be back in the lounge eating <laughs> dinner or something like that. <laughs> Sydney's yeah. halfway through another bottle of port. Someone should fetch him. Uh, yes, I think we'll have deposited the Baroness with her father, who's sort of snoozing. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, he's and we'll take the book and the hats. And we'll go and meet Sydney in the lounge, and we'll all powwow about the. Uh, the I assume you put the hats and, and the book in your rooms, mm. or are you going to take them with you to the lounge? No. Yeah, I think I think locked in the we're lock them up. Right. Locked in the rooms. Lock yes. and key. Lock away. She she is quite adamant that she's not going to allow him to continue because he's his health will his health is already damaged. 
does, think his mind is damaged. Does the Baron have um, student or protege? We not can... for you, not for years. Not, not for years, but he he's had one before. Years ago, a um, trusted colleague we could contact. I mean, he knows he knows Professor Smythe. Um, he knows Professor Demir. Yeah, and on that front, we are not that far from Istanbul. Perhaps we should let the lady take her father off before he zombifies one of us. Keep everything under lock and key and deliver it uh, to Demir and consider ourselves lucky. Uh, before it gets too late, of course, I'll have to do the chant. Which I can't, well, I probably would not be wise to do in the lounge. No. <laughs> no, and you have to touch the hat to do it. Right, we have to be in Meyer's room, yes. I'll give uh, uh, Lily, Ali uh, rather, uh, you know, a 10 minute warning. Okay. Mm. So 11 o'clock comes and she actually has people. Uh, already in uh, Budapest, um, doctor, you know, uh, uh, taken to the men in white coats um, to come on board and help him off. And he's uh, he's mumbling to himself, but he's he's tranquilized to the point where he's you know, going to wake up tomorrow and say, "What have you done? You've taken me off the train." <laughs> just when I was about to find out. Um, you can hear him in your mind doing that. Um, Sydney's probably pretty tranquilized too, right about now. Yeah, and I, I hope he's oh. peeing. I hope he's peeing blood for a week after that oh, double yeah, fist he... punch, gut punch for trying to put that hat on me. Okay. All right. So I was thinking. Um, I was trying to look back in the handouts. The story of the creation of the blood red fez. Wasn't it something to do with like a spurned lover? The thing of that poem that Lud- Luddy had on him, it almost seemed like the person that signed it off, like she was writing it to her lover. Now, I'm not familiar enough with that type of uh, name, if that was a feminine name of, of that type because it's talked about having all the harems and all almost like he would be the new sultan the blood red fez was apparently created during the reign of selim i yavuz selim the strong mamet these are dark magics yeah darn, don't have it there. they were they were courtiers that were vying for uh, power and attention so there wasn't really any kind of love affair okay there wasn't a love triangle like it okay all right thank but you are correct in that that letter that you have definitely sounded like a love letter to loudy from someone named nisra the daughter of fate yeah from a female entity promising him a great deal of uh promising rather vulgarly a great deal of sensual pleasure Right. I think I was just being a little paranoid, like, oh, I mean, I wouldn't have believed it until I messed with these fezes that could have been someone that had been around 
a long time that could have put. But I mean, but, the amount of horror and things that people will subject, subject each other to over sex. I mean, some psychologist somewhere should really get to the bottom of all that. It's Mr. I, Freud. Think, I think he's in <laughs> Vienna. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what I need to know, by the way, uh, uh, since James, you've, you've already lost five points of power. That doesn't come back. Um, yeah. Uh, who is sacrificing it? Was it Bernard tonight? Yes, I'm next. All right. You mm. successfully do that. Um, and all the time that uh, Scott is in this state, he now seems to just be resting peacefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, when you get near the hat, you no longer hear the whispering, though it's still attached to his head. So mm. something that 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 spell is doing is causing it to uh, it's placated. Yes, yeah, so there's a degree of satiety. Does uh, does the second touch uh, have a similar effect as the? Yeah. Mm-hmm, I see the same. Just, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You get flashes of this thing that seems to be mm-hmm. attached. Um, do a do an intelligence. Ah, a regular success. Okay. Yeah, the um, thing, whatever it is on the other side, it's definitely attached to not just Scott Myers, but also to the other hats as well, the other pheasants. The tendrils, the jellyfish-like reaching out to at least, but probably many more than the four that we know of, yeah? You only see those four mm. in that vision. Yeah, granted, you only have a moment. Uh, Thankfully. Vision, but it, it sticks in your mind. Yes, and I'm definitely touching it like one does a hot stove. Now that I right. know, it's like I've said the chant and gone, <laughs> so as not to stick. All hmm. right. Now, unless you have something in particular you want to do, uh, also, all the time that as long as you are uh, sacrificing uh, the energy and keeping the fez at bay, uh, there are no more shadow things that show up. Which is mm-hmm. something of relief. Uh, what is the next stop on the train? Uh, after Budapest, you have Belgrade at uh, 5.40 a.m., then Nice, then Sofia. Bulgaria. That's on Friday. And then Saturday, you arrive in Constantinople at 10.43 a.m. We can skip ahead to that, but I need to know who then sacrifices another five pound on the night, the next night. Um, Mm -hmm. I how affected did James seem by his? Oh, he was just—he was just very tired, and then he recovered. Uh, he didn't actually recover his points, but right. yes, well, I have uh, fifty pound left. I could spend in the mood. Well, that's why I was trying to avoid the full meta game. But yes, having eighty pound to begin with, I'm probably in among the better positions to take a second hit. 
we don't have much more to think about now that the lady and Bla- we obviously are watching anyone who boards the train with anything like a fez or who looks at us too much but mostly we're just riding it out to constantinople yes yeah and as our goal uh gentlemen just to get him to constantinople because we we can't maintain this what what can we possibly give him a, another month of life by sacrificing yeah. all of ours no indeed we trust that when uh that fezes are destroyed that the thing will be over well it, it, if there's hope hope in constantinople i'm willing to to take the third route yeah but it's just to extend extend his life then I'd say okay. it'd be better to let him go. I'll do the, the third one. Charles, you do the third one with five pounds. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> the landscape, of course, outside has changed over the course of the trip. Um, some of the passengers that get on are more exotic looking uh, than they were before. And finally, you arrive in Constantinople at 1043 in the morning. Um, Constantinople is uh, for the day and age. It's part of the Ottoman Empire at that time. It is possibly the most cosmopolitan city in the world. Uh, there are people of every culture, every, uh, every color, every, uh, every language that's spoken throughout Europe and, and Asia. Um, there are people in colorful uh, robes and with uh, some with fezes and some with turbans and um, some people in suits and there's noise. There's so much noise. There's music being played. Uh, uh, there's uh, people selling things. Uh, it's pandemonium uh, as you are getting off the train. The smells, they sort of fill the air. They're exotic and foods and, and incense. And it's, it's overwhelming to the senses. And you're, you're not exactly sure where you're supposed to go, but you know that the main uh, hotel uh, for um, the people on the train, the European hotel, I think it's called the Petra. Uh, it's very famous and very, uh, very beautiful, very elegant. And you start to sort of wend your way through the crowd. You realize that you're covered, you're completely surrounded by people in fezes. Um, most of them just look like they're going about their regular day. Did you have something you wanted to ask? Yes. Did Gadir not say he was going to meet us at the station? Yes. So Lisi Station. So we should, we are anticipating. You're looking around the station. friend. And we... You know, it doesn't. We don't stand out in the cosmopolitan crowd, but we do have a young man and woman with us. One of whom is wearing a blood red fez, who looks half alive. So we think that the professor would recognize us. I would like you to do a spot hidden, Bernard. Oh, eight! My third single digit. So there is hustle and bustle, and you're looking there, looking around for people. And um, uh, wending their way through the crowd, like nimble little uh, you know, 
gazelles. Um, our two children, uh, a boy and a girl, look like they're about uh, 11 years old. The boy's about 11, the girl's about nine. Uh, they come up to you and um, you think they're going to be like, you know, have any money. Um, but they look up at you. They, they sort of survey all of you really quickly. And then um, the boy pulls out a letter and he hands it to you, Bernard. Gadir? What was that? I, I think that's the fellow's name that we're meeting. Gadir? Demir. Demir, sorry. Um, Just he shakes his head color. yes and points at, the, points at the letter. Very good. And friends of Professor Smythe, we are in danger. Enemy is the end of our efforts. These are my children, Halil and Rashida, come to bring you to me. You may wonder why I have sent these little ones. I have been attacked and wounded. They will bring you to me, but first they will take you to a friend, a Demkartal, a clothing merchant nearby. He will provide you with suitable attire so that you blend in with the locals. Come quickly, I will tell you the rest once you arrive. Professor Garadimir, great Scott. Mm. Fellas, uh, Halil, so they, is it? Uh, Halil, yeah. Yes, uh, thank you. We'll follow. But come, come like this. You get the impression they probably don't speak English. Yeah, right. Very little. Um, they and they help is you. Is Meyer of... and his wife with us? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And can Meyer travel or does he need a wheelchair or anything? He's, he's well enough that, you know, his, his wife, maybe one of you can sort of help him along. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. He's not really sure where he is, but he's compliant. Probably Dimitri, you can help them both. Okay. <laughs> I, I, can, I can, I can uh, <laughs> hold up and walk, you know, in a, in a, you know, an assisted walking <clears throat> manner, um, Meyer on my own. So I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold him and walk. So um, it's almost difficult to keep up with the kids because they're smaller. They can sort of wind their way through the crowd easily, but you catch up to them. They take you to a, um, like an alleyway where there's a lot of shops and things and you go inside and uh, there's a man there who, who meets you and he says, yes, quickly, quickly come inside. Uh, Demir has told me what you need and he fits you with, cloaks and turbans and and whatever to uh make you sort of blend in i i asked him then, if he has a, a wheelchair that we could use as well oh uh, yes we can find something like this so he does that and um and then the children lead you um to one of the uh, probably the nicer areas in constantinople constantinople is a beautiful city um, uh, down a down a, a, a street to a gate, and uh, you can see that the house is designed so that the inside of the house has kind of a courtyard, uh, and the outside is just kind of a plain wall with a gate in it. Uh, they take you through that, and as you walk in, a woman uh, comes quickly over to greet you, and she says, um, "You are." My husband's friends that have come from uh, from England, 
Uh, I'm uh, Alara, uh, Professor uh, uh, Gara's wife. Uh, Please come inside. Um, she says, my husband is in the other room. Uh, he was attacked. Uh, uh, you go in the other room and Demir, who's well-dressed, wearing a fez, but it's just a regular fez. Actually, he probably doesn't have a fez on at the moment. Yeah. He's in the house. He's sitting there and he says, oh, thank God you've arrived. Uh, I, you, you must tell me all about your adventure so far, but we are in great distress. They have, they have my son. Oh, no. I was assaulted on the street. I was with my son, uh, Barlas. Uh, he's my eldest son. And we were assaulted by people. I was stabbed. You can see here. And he's got you know bandages around him. Mm-hmm. And they took him. Uh, they just delivered this... Uh, message. I translated it on the bottom so that you could read it. Much appreciated. You have taken what belongs to us. If you want to see your boy alive, you must meet our demands. Give us the sacred fez and give us the book which describes it. They shouldn't even know that we have that. Bring them to the abandoned Kasim Pasha docks on Sunday evening at midnight and we will exchange them for your boy. Do not inform the authorities. Fail us and your child will be delivered to you in pieces. My God, man, I'm sorry. Mm. This is an evil thing that we have gotten involved in, and we must stop them. I I harbor no... He makes sure that his wife isn't in the room. He says, I harbor very little hope that they will actually comply with... uh, anything. These are evil people. But if we can find a way to rescue my son, I hope that we can do this. I don't think that we should cooperate with them. Indeed. uh, There are four of the blood red fezes now in our possession. This, This man here is, I see, he's infected, or he's got the thing on. Yes, and we have Professor three in Smythe, this case. Professor Smythe told me uh, everything that he knows. Yeah, so. And we'll update, of course. So you tell him about the... He's like, well, I myself can assist and uh, my, possibly my wife. Plus, we have allies. We have friends. If we mm. can, you know, sacrifice some of ourselves to keep the boy alive so that you know until we can get the thing off but you have some method you understand to destroy them i don't know i you now you have the the book yes yeah yes Uh, excellent well i speak fluent persian um you show you do you show him the letter Yes. Yeah, everything. Uh, that's James has. So, you show him so he looks at the letter and he says, this is most interesting. He says, you see how she signs her name, Nisra, uh, the daughter of fate. Um, she is a courtesan. She's a harem girl, if you will, but of the upper class. Um, mm. The upper class harem girls often 
have titles like this beautiful flower or you know, daughter of sunshine, in this case, daughter of fate. Um, but if she's behind this, then she's no longer functioning under, you know, as that. Um, I would say it, she's probably was using Laudi as a tool to get what she wants. Yes, I should think so. He did not seem uh, a man to command others in his own right. Um, I mean, she's trained to use sex as a, a tool to get what she wants. Um, but then she must have some knowledge of dark magic. There are many cults that you can find here in Constantinople. Many people who are somewhat dangerous. I'm sure that Professor Smines told you his own fear of coming back to Constantinople. Yes. There are people that he opposed that uh, would like him very much dead. Well, I must, I, 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 I am quite beside myself too uh, because of my son. Um, I can begin to read the book. Um, if you can somehow devise a plan, we have tonight and tomorrow before they want to make an exchange. The simple part, of course, is that there is no shortage of fezes and books that we can substitute for the immediate appearance of compliance. But the vital thing is to figure out a way to kill that hunger inside these objects before it consumes Mr. Myers. And this is something so evil. If the stories are true about the, the way that it originates, this, uh, this fellow in your story must have uh, made a bargain with something very evil to create this object, this fez. Well, what terrifies me is how they proliferate. Imagine a hundred of these things, insatiable as they are. And you also said that it seemed that uh, this Laudi fellow was able to control. We'll have to see what the book says. Um, uh, my wife has made rooms for us to stay. She's going to feed us and take care of us, and I will get to work on deciphering this. Um, and I think that's a good spot to stop. What you guys can do when you come back is devise what you're going to do. All right. Our players included Martin Llewellyn, David Gassaway, Stuart Lipley, Keith Craig, Josh Harwood, and John Hook, with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft of the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. 
good gaming.